Hi, this is Nayetta. Hi, this is Sid. And welcome to The Help Show. Hey, thank you again for joining us on The Help Show for the month of November. Holiday season is quickly approaching and we want to remind you to just breathe. Stay tuned for our November series, Just Breathe, on stress and stress relief. Does it matter if you fight or flight? Did you know stress is a silent killer? In acute stress conditions, our body's sympathetic nervous system kicks into fight or flight mode. According to the American Psychological Association, chronic stress or a constant stress experienced over a prolonged period of time can contribute to long-term problems for the heart and blood vessels. Relaxation techniques such as breathing have been shown to effectively reduce tension, decrease certain stress-related disorders such as headaches, as well as an increase in overall sense of wellness being. So how can we help? The Help Show has conducted an in-depth interview with Dr. Terry King, occupational therapist, via a conference call. We go over stress, signs and symptoms of stress, as well as a general overview of stress relief. Now don't forget to breathe with us. Okay. Terry? Yes, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing wonderful. So we want to, first of all, Sin and I want to say thank you. Thank you. And welcome to the show. Yes. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So what we usually do, we start off with, you know, how long have you been in the field? Well, I have been an occupational therapist since 1989, so it's been a while. And then I also am dual degreed and licensed, so I've been a professional counselor since 2005 and really enjoy blending those two areas of practice because they absolutely dovetail and, and uh, complement each other highly. So that's my background. So really since, uh, you know, 20 plus years I've been, been in the healing profession. Oh, wow. And you've been in the healing profession. Um, what, what is stress? Oh, you know, for me, stress, um, there's so many types of stress. There actually is a good form of stress. It's called eustress. And eustress actually gets us moving. It makes us want to get things done. You're having some eustress, and I am too right now. We're excited about what we're doing. Our heartbeat is up a little bit. I'm sure if I could see my eyes, my pupils are dilated somewhat. It's important that we have this sense of uh, urgency and press. It wakes us up. It wakes our brain up. And I could tell you what part of the brain is being woken up, but that probably doesn't matter right now. But so we have that good sense of stress, and that's it's the same situation. Stress is stress. Our brain is going, ooh, I need to pay attention. But where it becomes not helpful is when it's prolonged, and there's a sense of danger associated with it. Um, perhaps there's no way to get out of it and get reprieve. I think that's probably for me the most unhealthy uh, stress is stress that is constant and doesn't give you opportunity to rest from it and recover. Okay, so once you reach that 
point of stress. It's no longer positive stress. It's negative stress. Mm-hmm. Right. What are some major signs and symptoms that you are under a high level of stress that is not good for you? The first thing I always look at for myself as well as people that I work with is just those real basic things. And in occupational therapy, we call that activities of daily living. And that can be as simple as um, what you're wearing, your your uh, ability to take care of your hygiene and grooming, where we just don't care that much anymore and we just pull the hair up, oh, who cares, put on the sweats, and you just don't have a sense of any kind of need to take care of yourself uh, physically. You might start eating different kinds of food, a lot of carbohydrates and things, because you're seeking energy to deal with what you no longer physically can tend to. So you'll, you'll start feeding your body stuff, uh, foods, carbohydrates, sugars, that can give you instant um, energy. But they're very deceptive because they set you up to fail. Caffeine in- intake might go up. Um, Also, I'll start to see some isolation where you don't want to be around people. You'll start isolating a little bit as a way to get away from things. Um, And also just your thought patterns. If you're more grumpy than usual, if you just seem to be uh, a short fuse, you tend to be finding yourself complaining more than finding anything positive to say. Those are all, all components. I look at mind, body, spirit, and emotions when I'm looking at anything. So what is the mind doing? What is the body doing? What type of emotions? And where is your spiritual world? Um, and if there's some offness to that that's not typical, there's warning signs that start to show up and recognizing what those are is real important, becoming aware of, ooh, that's a red flag for me. I wish that you could see our faces right now. It's Nyetta and I. This is not a funny matter by any means, but I wish you could How many? How many of those can you check off in your world right now? I know you're both students, right? (laughs) I'm looking at like, oh oh my goodness. Because at first we were like, see, we got that healthy stress going. We are positive stress. Like it's that sense of urgency to get things done. And then you go down the list and we're looking at each other like, no, that's negative. (laughs) Well, it's a red flag. Isn't it wonderful? And my body tells me the first thing that I'm not okay. And isn't it great to have that with you all the time <laughs> if you pay attention? And, and not being able to sleep. Sleep patterns, oh, my gosh, how did I not put that in there? If you're not able to sleep and, go, and sustain your sleep or you are, that's all you want to do. You don't feel like you can even really become fully alert. So sleep is probably one of the biggest red flags when I can't sleep or if you can't wake up. Okay, so is that how you would evaluate your stress level, like because you can't sleep, or how, yeah, like, okay. yeah, that's a that's an easy one for me, and it tends to be what I see with a lot of other folks um, is they just they start saying things like I just can't sleep, or I can't seem to be, be alert, I just can't get any energy. So looking at energy patterns and sleep rest cycles. So the question I I want the listeners to know why. Is stress a big problem? Why is it a problem besides not sleeping and not or overeating or, overeating or not eat, or or not? <laughs> well, <laughs> what I always ask is, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with anything. It's really behind the intention. Why are you choosing the wine? What are you expecting the wine to do for you that you can't do for yourself? Right. So if we if you're using the wine to kind of settle down and and um, and you know just 
so you, you feel more relaxed. You know, it's the intent of why are you doing, using wine. Um, nothing inherently bad about any of it. It's just the intent. So how would you answer that? You know what? I'm drinking wine because I've had a very difficult day. And you know what? I just want to unwind, Terry. <laughs> you just want to unwind. Okay. Well, then you're using it to unwind. And then and if you stop at one glass, it may have some subtle effects of that, you know. But think about how much sugar is in that wine and how does the body respond to sugar. And so I, I say we start into vicious cycles where that none of it really is going to do for us what we need, which is rest and sleep and nutrition and time to play. But what about, <laughs> they, say, they say wine is good for the blood. <laughs> you know what? You can find all kinds of reasons why, why, and it's fine. It's just does it do for you what you're needing it to do, and is there an alternative that would serve your purpose better? And that, if you can say, nope, this is doing it just fine for me, then there were, nothing's broken, right? <laughs> so um, I would say that John Rady is probably, I'm just a fan of his, and he goes into the neurology of behaviors and stress. And one of the best things you can do, because all behavior has to do with chemicals within our body. That's why medications work. That's why wine works, because it's interacting, it's chemistry, and it's interacting with your body chemistry, and it's creating a, a, a more sedated state uh, and that you're calling relaxed. And so, but John Rady has come up with some, um, he's a clinical psychiatrist, Mm-hmm. or psychologist, that's psychiatrist, he's an MD, and he really has looked at if we can get our heart rate, our max heart rate up to 75 to 85%, three to four times a week for our 30 to 45 minutes, it actually can totally decrease your stress, your anxiety, um, it can uplift mood, it's amazing. You would think, oh, what is that? Um, but I do it, and I have a heart rate monitor, and actually I have to slow down sometimes because I'm moving too fast. And I am not an avid runner. I'm not some kind of athletic guru. I'm just a, you know, a 50-plus-year-old woman who's, you know, making it through life. So it's not like I'm some buffy person, right? But just walking on the treadmill is, is I'm clipping along at, at a good pace, but it's in no way am I challenged. But after I get off and settle down, I have more energy, I have more thought patterns, and it's all related to chemistry. So that's something else you could try. (laughs) So just to reiterate, because we're sitting here staring at each other, like are we more stressed than we think we are or appear to be? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think we get caught up. We entrain. That's a term. I'm not sure where it comes from, but... We entrain. In other words, we start to pace ourselves according to our environment. So the natural, normal, uh, societal pace in America for, for sure and in bigger cities and in colleges, all cultural groups have a pace. And so we start to pace ourselves with that. And if you'll think about in utero, Mothers, many mothers, I mean, just think about how many single moms we have. Just the pace in utero can be set as fast and chaotic as women that are pregnant are trying to make it through life, working, 
um, picking other kids up, getting kids to school, you know, all the things that people have as natural roles. So if in utero you entrain with your mother's pace, when you're born, you're born into a chaotic pace. Then think, if you're lucky enough to be able to stay at home and have a slow pace with your mother the first few months or years of life, great. But usually, because of our choices, we have daycare situations. So think about the pace that goes on in daycare. So we're set up from utero to be stressed. Boy, this is a hopeful pot, hot <laughs> podcast, isn't it? But, so what I'm saying is it's not natural so to pace ourselves in a healthy way. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think that we all have this different pace of life and, you know, with the life that we're trying to assimilate to. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think that what you're helping us and the community do right now is to really look at the signs and symptoms of stress and, like, what the red flags are. Because even right. us right now, like, we're, we, when we sit down and talk to each other about our stress levels, they vary, obviously, because no two people lead the same life. No people were brought up or nurtured the same way. Right. And so I think at the end of the day, what we're doing here is to try to allow people to look at their life and evaluate their mm-hmm. stress and what it is right. that their flags are. Which right. Are the and if life. they're enjoying their life, right. you know, are they actually getting to enjoy? And even for me, the pace of life is somewhat addictive. I've been trying to slow my pace to a healthy, I have adrenal fatigue. Hmm, wonder why I have that. (laughs) It's because your adrenals, your adrenal glands keep pumping out um, cortisol in order to deal with stress. Well, after a while, it can't do that anymore. So that's a physiological secondary condition based on stress. And so what my physician has been so kind to suggest is that I start to learn how to pace so that I'm still very much enjoying my life, and, but choosing my highest good, choosing what feeds me emotionally and physically and spiritually that, that keeps me alive and excited about life, but yet not at a breakneck speed. And what I found for myself, it was very much like trying to um, quit in an addiction because we get addicted to a pace. And I felt bored. I thought, oh, good Lord, this is ridiculous. I can't get anything. You know, I'm just sitting here. But what I was trying to do is rest, and I didn't know how to rest. I had to be busy. And so gradually I'm learning to set boundaries and to say this is what, how I want to spend my 24 hours you know, in task management rather than time management. We all have 24 hours, but we choose what we want to put into our life, our tasks. We decide how we're going to spend that time. And that, that's a, I'm, for me, that's difficult because I love to do it. I feel I love it, but it's also finding that perfect match between passion and exhaustion. And doctor's order, Ms. Terry, you must take care of your health because <laughs> questions are regarding that because now that you've yeah. brought it up, it's like what are the known links between stress and illness? Right. Because they always tell us that stress is the silent killer, and obviously it's that mm-hmm. silent because sometimes you don't even recognize it. Right, which we yeah. realize we recognize that <laughs> you're giving us all the, you know, the symptoms that, we do, that we're having stress, and like, wow, okay, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, and you can push it for a while, but eventually 
your, go- your body's going to start breaking down. Physiologically, it affects every bit of your body. Uh, it affects your heart. It affects your endocrine system. Um, even hair loss and skin quality. You know, it affects every physiological system in your body. Um, and it's very subtle. That's the biggest um, issue with stress is it's very subtle and it's very accepted that we work hard. It's almost um, uh, celebrated if you're a hard worker. You get a lot of external validation for working, for doing too much, which creates stress. Um, Think about the the social emotional impact it has on families that they that they start having symptomology related to physical and emotional and how does that impact the family how does it impact the child how does it impact your work world um, how many stress actually has been related to uh, absenteeism in in work and so think about what that does to your coworkers if you're you're absent and you're sick. Uh, colds are related to, it affects your immune system, and so you're, you tend to be more subject to colds and just any virus that goes by. Think about when people are sick a lot is around the holiday time because the stress level is so high and the immune systems are compromised. So you just answered one of the questions, like we're going to ask, you know, how much, how much does stress correlate to high blood pressure, like from one to like one to five, would having high blood pressure be one of the symptoms, like one of the most top symptoms of having, you know, being stressed? Or well, your your cardiovascular system is going to respond to stress because your brain sees it as a threat, and so the body is going to do what it is supposed to do in your sympathetic nervous system is going to respond to it like a tiger is behind you. Right, so if that were to happen, your heart speeds up. Um, actually, a lot of blood vessels close down, so that you have all of your b- blood going to your muscles, and so you have some uh, digestion issues too. If you're always in that fight or flight state, um, I think prolonged stress can have cardiovascular secondary effects, just because of all the other things that go into stress: the eating and drinking, and the life choices of not moving as much because you're exhausted, so you lay down. So to pinpoint that stress creates cardio uh, heart disease, yes and no. It's a combination, you know, of multiple triggers that create that. But it certainly can be linked. So the question that we, another question that we have for you, um, are there medicines that can help alleviate the high um, stress levels? Well, you know what I always go to, especially being an occupational therapist and really valuing health and wellness, and it's not an easy fix. I really say it, it's systemic. And it starts first with awareness and choice and then nutrition, exercise, and, and rest and play. Uh, just we're a society that wants a pill, you know, <laughs> We want to take a pill and be on our way, you know. Are there things that can support relaxation? As For sure. And I use essential oils. Lavender, uh, and it's food grade. Uh, I'm a clinical aromatherapist as well. And so I use a lot of natural um, 
products such as essential oils to to put into the air that help me and my neurochemistry to relax because I'm kind of a high-strung kind of person anyway. That's just neurologically. I'm wired pretty tight. So I use essential oils like lavender to to just in the environment so that I'm cued too when I smell that. And neurochemically, I'll go, oh, oh, yeah, let's, let's just slow my pace of walk down a little bit in this house. Um, so that's one way. And just how about giving yourself time? I, I actually pencil in a meeting with myself. <laughs> and if somebody wants to meet with me, I'll go, oh, I have a meeting. And all I'm going to do is stop and take a hot bath, put some essential oil in the tub, maybe light a candle, and I have a meeting with myself. It just happens to be in a hot tub. (laughs) So, you know, it's just taking time for you. Um, Nice uh, cup of hot chamomile tea. Those are nice little simple things that slow you down and help you to relax. Um, You know, animals, there is nothing better for de-stressing than to to just be with an animal. And you can go find animals if you don't have one, you don't want the stress of having an animal. Go go find an animal. Go to a dog park and sit and watch the dogs play. That's amazing. Or a kid's in a park. You know, it, it, those are my pills. <laughs> Does that make sense? It makes sense. I think I'm going to find my pill, you know. I, I, I find my pills as we speak, but in the in, – okay, so – now that we're talking about finding pills, but how do you how do you go about helping friends and family deal with stress? Like if you if I see Nyetta or Nyetta sees me and we're, they, we look at each other like you're really stressed out, what can we uh. do for each other? What or I mean, what do you do for somebody that's under a high amount of stress that you can sense it, but they might not be aware of it? Right. Yeah, there's a program called RAP R or W R A P, and it's Wellness Recovery Action Plan. And I teach at a college, and one of the things that I try to help my students do is have, they say five people. Sometimes it can be stressful for me to have five people that know my action plan. So even if you have one person that knows you well enough and trusts you to help you know when the red flags are showing up, but you actually create a wellness plan, and you identify with your person Uh, These are the things that will start showing up when I'm stressed. And you come into an agreement that if you see these things, these are are the things I do that help me get back in centered, um, in control of my life again. And you with a partner decide what those things will be and you remind them of that. And you can create the most fun uh, wellness boxes that has reminders of what do you need to do when you start seeing red flags. First, you've got to identify your red flags and then partner with someone who can help, help you be accountable because a lot of times we won't notice. And um, then implement your wellness plan. And it might be just stop and come talk to me on the porch or let's go, get in the car and let's drive around. Uh, let's go sit and look at the lake and talk. And women particularly just need to talk. And we need to talk it out. We need somebody to listen, not to fix it, just talk it out. And then you're pretty good. Okay, let's go. It's kind of like pulling the plug out of a bathtub. If you don't know how to, water is like life, right? It's coming into the bathtub. And if it's always plugged, what's going to happen is the water's going to overflow. I mean, that's just 
common sense. But so what your partner does is help you know how to pull that plug out so the water can go down and it doesn't overflow. And so you have to decide what is pulling the plug for you to let that water out. Is it just stopping for five minutes and just listening to your favorite song? Is it rocking out and headbanging, you know, (laughs) just dancing around like a a wild person, you know? It's just whatever gets it off of you. Um, I do that in front of Nyetta all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good. And, And that somebody knows how to help you pull the plug. Does that make sense? That knows, ooh, that bathtub is overflowing, you know. And you might even have a, a bathtub plug as a as a cue. Is it time? <laughs> no. Telling somebody that knows you and cares about you is probably the best de-stressor there ever is, or best pill, a good friend who knows you. Right. So the question I have with the wellness plan, within that wellness plan, would there be would it be a question like, what are some unhealthy and unhealthy strategies to avoid? And they can help you. In, uh, they can help you avoid those strategies in the wellness plan. Can you do something like that with the wellness plan? Oh, absolutely. My partner, uh, if I start really asking for, um, you know, let's go have drinks after work. You know, if I seem to be focusing on alcohol, that's a red flag flag for me. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> I thought it would work for me, but it really doesn't work for me because then I don't sleep and it just gets into worse things and I'm not a very fun person to be around. Um, so my friend knows if I start going, let's go have drinks after work and I'm doing that too much, she'll go, what's going on with your bathtub? You know, um, isolation, that's another one where you just aren't doing anything that brings you joy, that you're just isolating, working too much. Nothing is in your life except for work and that you won't stop and take time for yourself or for other people. You know what? Um, I'm giving her the death eye right now. She's giving me the death eye. I am a workaholic. I'm just, she's like, let's go hang out. Let's have dinner. I'm like, we can do it later. I need to do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm a yeah. workaholic. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I think that's my stress mechanism, and I think that I'm, I'm trying to work on that. But yeah, and I understand her because I used to be her, and I love her. <laughs> and so, so how now, did you change? How did you decide that wasn't working for you, and then you decided to change? How did you do that? I I just went through a phase in my life where I think that you know that overflowing bathtub analogy occurs mm-hmm. when and we can sit here and go over because you know Nyetta knows me pretty well and I know her very well so I look mm-hmm. at her and I'm just like sometimes experience is the best teacher right but <laughs> you look at somebody you love yeah. and that's when I ask you like how do you how do you how do you help a loved one because she's she's adapted to the stress just like I once did yeah it was oh yeah my day-to-day uh-huh. life sleep to not yeah. eat or eat too much or drink five cups of Starbucks a day, which got really pricey. But <laughs> right. you know, all these red flags, it's like I came to a point in my life where I was deteriorating. I mean, yeah. you know, some of the health issues that I'm facing today as a result of probably yeah. right. yeah. in some crazy ways. So yeah. when I, I don't, you never want to impose what works for you onto somebody else, but you want to let them know that you love them. And that mm-hmm. these are some ways you want to relieve stress. And she, yeah. she's getting yeah. so much better at it. I love her dearly. You know, uh-huh. 
yeah. the way of our life because we're so ambitious. We want to do this. We want to do that. We want to, and then on top of that, we want to save the world. <laughs> so right. and put a tear on top of that world. Hold on. And put a tear on top. Well, and, and like, I'm sorry, am I, am I interrupting? I couldn't hear you. Oh, no, no, no. It's um, you're teaching us how to have healthier boundaries for ourselves. Yeah, it's boundaries, absolutely. And especially caregivers, and, you know, it's so hard for us to say no because we feel like we're saying no to someone's life, you know. But I had to learn real quickly that I'm, I can help more if I'm healthy myself, you know. And I set examples for the people that are looking to me for guidance on how to live a happy, healthy life. I'm actually working with fourth graders right now. And we, yeah, and because I see such stress with kids. And my goal is if I can help kids to just learn their strategies I use, and the first one I teach is breathing. And I teach them how to breathe because what we tend to do is breathe real high up in our chest. And I just teach, I bring awareness to breath. And then we just practice breathing slower and using bubbles and just teaching them about mindfulness of just breathing. And so I think with your question of how do you help a loved one is number one, you let them know that they matter because so oftentimes we get caught up and workaholism because we feel if we do enough, if we do, 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 then we're enough. And I think coming to a realization that we matter, and even though we're, uh, Brene Brown has the most amazing book, it's called Gifts of Imperfection, and it's about we're not going to be perfect, but we're enough in our imperfections. And having a friend that, can, that you can trust, that you know loves you, that's not going to try to fix you, that's not going to give you advice, but just going to sit there with you in whatever it is, um, that in itself, I think that person will be willing to listen and be willing, to, if they know they have a partner in the journey, they'll be willing to, to listen to the change because they love you and they trust you, you know, so. You're getting us really emotional here. Yeah, we're like, aww. Yeah, I think so often we're trying to prove we're good enough, you know, and and we wear ourselves out to the point of exhaustion and death trying to be good enough when the reality is we are good enough just like we are. So and having somebody who recognizes our wonderfulness is, has been key to me, you know. Okay. So the question I have for you, answer what you do with your fourth graders. But what are you with my fourth grader? Uh huh. You said the fourth. What do I do? Oh my goodness! Well, we first start off. I call it a life lab, and uh, we do natural occurring things uh, within a garden. Uh, Right now, we're finishing up uh, designing an an organic raised bed garden. We're going to have water catchment and all the things, and we I, I use. I use the activity to help them learn about healthy living, healthy strategies, how to set boundaries, how to ask for what you need, how to use your words, uh, communication, how to be in a relationship, how to laugh, how to have fun, um, and see a, a result of your of your efforts, your physical efforts. Um, 
And, you know, 50 minutes, one time a week, these kids come through Life Lab, and it's amazing how much they're able to retain. They had a test in Texas. They call it a STAR test. And I taught them breathing before the next week they had the STAR test. And I asked, um, did anything happen this week that you were able to use your breath work? And, and the kids are like, yeah, the STAR test. We breathed, and then we let it go. And we knew we were enough. And it's just a test. It's not who we are. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> I, mean, I succeeded with one thing. We also use this thing called um, the Seven Habits of Happy Kids. And it's by Shane, or it's S-E-A-N, Kobe. It's, you know, the Kobe method. Um, and... And it's just teaching kids to be proactive. You know, habit one, be proactive. I'm in charge of me. And we talk about how can anybody make you feel anything. You choose to feel what you feel, but you sure can use your words to tell that person how it feels. You know? And so that's what we do. We just use natural activity in a group setting for kids to learn about how to be ha- happier. <laughs> What to eat. We talk about how Cheetos and Snickers and uh, all the junk food is, you know, calls to you, but your body really needs an apple. (laughs) So, (laughs) and they have fun. You know, they'll take a Cheeto and go, do, 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 do. part of the movement where instead of giving children nap time, we give them meditation time. Instead of yeah. setting time out, we give them meditation time so they're yeah. more mindful about their actions and they're more mindful and aware of what is happening and why they're doing the things they do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, we love that you're working with children because that's where it all starts. And you, that's the whole thing about making choices and drawing boundaries. So mm-hmm. our last question is, overall, how can one avoid unnecessary stress in life? I think it's by being clear about what you want to, to have as a life. You know, sitting down and just really making out a list of what you want your life to be about and what really matters. Sometimes I think about, we've had a lot of people in our family pass away lately. And so you get to reminisce about who that person was to you. And it's always about relationship that you remember the most. So in those passings of of dear friends and family, I've realized that so much of what stresses me really doesn't matter. You know, I give it a lot of power, but it really doesn't matter. And so I think having a clear vision of what you want your life to be about and then decide with every choice, does this get me closer to my life vision or does this move me away? And if the answer is it's moving me away, then you don't do it, you know? And that sounds simplistic, but if you have a clear vision of what you want your life to be about, then you can get rid of all of that extra that really doesn't get you to the life you want. But you have to take time to figure out why you're here and what your purpose is. And it changes as you age and go through the different stages of life. But, you know, just do a, a yearly vision. And I put it on a wall. You know, I want, I want my life to be, in fact, I've got a guidepost from Renee 
Brown that says, uh, guidepost number two, cultivate self-compassion, let go of perfectionism. And I look at that every day and I go, am I being compassionate to myself today? You know, so having a clear vision. That is that's amazing. Like, yeah. I don't, like you've given me so much. To, you've given, I can speak for me, but I think I'm speaking for the both of us. You've given uh, us so much to think about. You you know, I'm looking at stress in a, a new way. To, um, it just opened my mind to so many. It made me cognizant about the things that we're doing, we're doing to each other, the things that I'm doing <laughs> to myself, that when I'm drinking. Now I'm yeah. like, am I, now I'm like, okay, I'm stressed. Let me not have that three glass of wine. Don't let's quote go me. Do, let's go do yoga. <laughs> go, go get your heart rate up. Yeah. You know, go do that. When you want to grab wine, go get your heart heart rate. And you know how to figure your max heart rate, right? You can Google that if you don't. But basically, two twenty minus your age times point seven five or and or point eighty five, and try it and see if it doesn't do more for you than the glass of wine. I bet you're gonna give it a week and see what happens. Oh, that's you know what that's the deal. I'll give it a okay. week. Okay. Okay. Well, you out on that to go on a walk with us <laughs> on Katie Trail? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, get that heart rate up though, and and do whatever you know. There's Fitbits, there's all kinds of things, but you got to get that heart rate up. That's the key because that's will. a chemistry change. That's what you're looking for. But you know, the biggest thing to come back and to finish up. I know you probably need to wrap this up, but is just that we are in control of the amount of stress we allow in our lives. We are. You know, we want to blame it. Oh, we don't have any control. Yes, we do. We choose the tasks that we allow in our life. And some things, no. You know, bad things come to good people. Bad things come that are stressful. But how is your life set up where you're resilient and you know how to breathe? You know how to surround yourself with friends that love you and can help you. You reach out and ask for help, you know. So we are in control of that. We just need to remember it. Well, Miss Terry, I want to say, we want to say thank you so much. You're welcome. For- You're welcome. I hope I've been helpful in some way. You've been extremely helpful in, in more ways than one. Yes. Well, yes. good, good. Well, much success to everything you guys are doing, and, and I know you're reaching out and making a difference. And, you know, that's beautiful, and I appreciate you doing that. And we appreciate you for joining us on that endeavor because the help show needs people like you to be on our side. Well, it takes a village, and we'll be team members. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies. Well, have a good evening, and I um, wish you well in all of that you're doing. Okay, thank Thank you, Ms. Terry. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. For more information, visit us on our website at thehelpshow.com. Thank you for listening, and please stay tuned.